Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. And we have a schedule. We have a basketball schedule. I woke up on Saturday morning, so it was revealed 9 a.m. on Saturday morning over here in Australia. And I actually didn't really realize that this was happening. And then I saw a couple of tweets uh, just a few minutes before. And I must admit, I, I got excited. I jumped out of bed. I made myself a coffee. And I was sitting down. I was ready to watch the schedule release. Now, unfortunately, the schedule release actually didn't really tell us the Bucks' schedule. So that was the downside to the ESPN show that they had on. Uh, but the Bucks have revealed this. How did you feel about a schedule release for the NBA? Does it feel a little bit more uh, real, I guess? Yeah, that was the... I don't know. Like, It feels like we've, we've been discussing basketball in such an abstract sense. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about um, you know, the idea of playoffs and, and sort of what lay, the layoff could mean for playoffs and teams and things like that but we, we we've really avoided you know obviously thinking about like specific games because we didn't know what games would be played and even i would say you know like specific playoff matchups things like that um we haven't really obviously had a chance to kind of dig into it much um so seeing an actual a list of games was was kind of like bizarre and refreshing in a lot of ways because yeah i mean it does obviously make it feel more real and we still have a month before obviously you know, we'd actually see basketball games that count, um, you know, there'll likely be some, some sort of exhibitions or scrimmages or something before they start playing these, these official games. But um, yeah, it was just kind of nice to think, Oh yeah, July 31st, you know, carve, carve out some time on my calendar. Cause there's going to be a bucks game. Like that's <laughs> just, um, I don't know. It's just nice to think that maybe we're actually gonna see basketball, but as you said, that's still a month away. And, um, you know, I, I thought, uh, really enjoyed the podcast you and, and our friend Nate Duncan did last week on really digging into kind of like the risk and, you know, what are the odds we actually get to July 31st, July 31st yeah. and actually see NBA basketball games. I thought that was really helpful, but, um, and maybe because I listen to Nate's podcast about, uh, the COVID daily news podcast so much that I, you know, I, I feel like I have a reasonable handle on kind of the risks and, and things like that. Um, you know, when he said the word fomites, uh, I actually knew what that was. <laughs> he uses it a lot in the other podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I'd say this, way: I'm, I'm still very hopeful and I, I still feel very optimistic that we're just going to see basketball. I certainly don't feel overwhelmingly confident that everything's just going to go off without a hitch because there's obviously just such uncharted territory. But um, it's certainly nice to be able to look forward to games. And obviously at this point, it just feels like, you know, you cross your fingers and you you hope that we actually get to that point because, um, you know, certainly there's, there's still a ways off and still some things have to happen and, um, and we'll see. But ultimately, it's, it is NBA basketball, even if it is a very different kind. July 31st, the game that is about three and a half or I guess maybe four and a half months in the making. Bucks and Celtics, 5.30 p.m. It's not going to be a fire serve forum. 
uh, it's going to be at Disney World, which is uh, probably what uh, nobody would have predicted predicted all the way back then. Uh, the Bucks also have games against Houston, Brooklyn, Miami, Dallas, Toronto, Washington, and Memphis. So uh, for Milwaukee, it's mostly uh, covered the schedule as what it would have been, minus the teams that aren't going to be down there. Uh, I think there's just an extra Washington game that has been taken out. They would have played the Wizards twice. So uh, a mix of, of good teams. I, I don't know what is actually important for the Bucks to take out of this. Magic number is two for them to clinch uh, the number one seed. So uh, clearly it would take an absolute miracle from the Toronto Raptors uh, for them to overtake the Bucks in the first seed. So there's going to be a combination of uh, looking after health, getting guys back on the floor and, and in rhythm, and also... Uh, trying to, I guess, just get through these eight games unscathed for the Bucks. They're really the only team in, in the whole thing that doesn't have any implications. We know some of the other teams, uh, particularly when the Bucks play a team like Miami, for instance, on August 6th, uh, that there's going to be real playoff implications for the Heat. They're playing for seeding. They're playing for the first-round matchup. So it's really, really going to be fascinating for me to see how the Bucks attack this. Just a couple of notes in terms of the schedule for those that haven't caught up to this. There's going to be uh, approximately seven games per day in, in the early going. Uh, I, I guess there's going to be able to be some movement with the schedule as it, as it goes on, but tip-offs between 12 p.m. Uh, to 9 p.m. across three courts. Two of those will be on national TV. So I think the Bucks have five or six national TV games out of those eight, and then Fox Sports Wisconsin in some way is going to be broadcasting some games as well. I'm not sure whether they intend on going down there, I imagine. Uh, those games maybe might be broadcast from a studio in Milwaukee. I'm not 100% sure. They'll probably fill out those details. But uh, did you have any takeaways at all from the Bucks schedule or what stands out to you? Because as I said, as far as Milwaukee goes, this is essentially a preseason run-in to game one of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think um, the probably the... I, I think, to be honest, the weirdest part of this is going to be just the the way that these game times are happening. I mean, you know, just so to kind of take you through it. So the first game, I mean, it, it's much more like summer league, yeah. you know, because of the single location, uh, obviously they've got multiple gyms, but, um, but you know, you, you kiss, you tip off Friday, the 31st at five thirty central against the Celtics, you know, you, there's never basketball games at five thirty central time, unless mm-hmm. it's like a, you know, random like christmas or west coast or, you know, or west coast day. yeah like I, I don't even i don't even know when you would you know would see that but um and then uh sunday they play against the rockets 7 30 so that's like a normal time and then on tuesday they play against the nets at 12 30 <laughs> you know basically a lunchtime tip off and then that heat game is tuesdays two days later on thursday the 6th at 3 p.m and then saturday uh they play the mavericks uh, and then Monday, that is Mavericks game is 7.30. Monday is a 5.30 game against the Raptors. Um, and then the back-to-back the next day, Tuesday, 8-11, is uh, the Wizards, who, you know, will they even be fielding a team at that point? Who okay. knows, right? That, that's that's part of the game that you're most expecting to be just a, you know, like that's, I mean, given that's the second night of a back-to-back, and Bonzi it's Carlson. the Wizards who, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> is it too late to sign Bonzi Colson <laughs> um you know that's a game where uh, I would be shocked if it's uh, again if it's like a a, a a normal anything close to a normal Bucks um group and then two nights later against the Grizzlies uh TBD time and that one obviously is interesting because the Bucks presumably will have nothing to play for other than just kind of 
you know, getting their wind ahead of the play ahead of playoffs at that point. The Grizzlies, they obviously are in a dogfight for a playoff seating right now. Um, and so there's a very good chance that could mean something for the Grizzlies. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you kind of look at it, you know, the only games that I think are, you know, games that you would say, oh yeah, that's a win would be the Nets, Wizards and Grizzlies most likely. Um, but, it, you know, again, those other teams are all really good. So, I mean, you wouldn't be surprised to lose any of those other games, especially just given who knows what these teams are going to look like. And I mean, the part that I, I just don't really know what to expect around is, is just minute loads, right? I mean, um, you assume that, I mean, the Bucks obviously have managed loads all year, um, but they're going to have to strike a balance between trying to get guys game condition up and also not risking over taxing them. And, you know, you last thing you want to see is other than a coronavirus outbreak is, you know, like some soft tissue injury, some, you know, strain hamstrings, whatever, just because you got guys going all out after not playing for a few months. So, um, so that's probably the part that I, I just, I really don't know how the Bucks are going to manage it because not only do you have this, you know, weird situation we're coming back from, uh, you know, get the, all this time off, but uh, you're also probably not going to have, you know, you're not probably not going to be in a position where you're going to be in a lot of must win games here, but obviously they're competitors. I mean, they don't want to lose to the Celtics or the Rockets who they have their weird rivalry with the heat. They've lost to twice. I'm sure they don't want to lose to the heat and yeah, I mean, of course, the Raptors, you don't want to lose to the Raptors, right? Uh, Mavericks beat Euro this year. So, you know, I mean, again, the, the Bucks have the best record in the league. But, you know, the, that, it's because they tended to obviously rise the occasion. So um, it's just going to be interesting to see how they manage these games um, and how much they're treating it like, you know, as you said, like an exhibition season, um, given that you know, normally an exhibition season, you're starting game one of the regular season. So, uh, you know, it's okay. That's, that's one thing, but you know, here you're going to be going into game one of the playoffs. And, and again, obviously the Bucks probably not expecting to, uh, you know, have the most difficult first round playoff series, but either way, I mean, it, it's just a different, different, uh, different situation than, than certainly what you're used to heading into a regular season. All right, I'm going to jump in now and give you a quick note from our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 plus years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on on the how did you hear about us box that they know we sent you. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us box and they'll know you came from us. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It's actually interesting for me when I look at the schedule. They've got a couple of tough games early with the Celtics Rockets. I kind of wish that was the other way around because uh, then, as you as you already pointed to, we don't really know is Washington going to be trying at that point? Maybe not. Uh, Memphis, we don't know what's going to happen with them and the Pelicans. Certainly, you would imagine they'll they'll be in a battle for eighth seed. So maybe that is a good game to run into. But uh, I think at least a couple of these games, particularly on the back end, you're going to want to. Uh, almost run a full dress rehearsal as you would at the end of a preseason because 
even though we expect the Bucks will be able to roll through the first round, I don't think you want to head into that uh, first round playoff game thinking, well, now it's time to switch it into gear. We've just cruised through the last eight games. Like, I don't think that's going to work. One thing that was interesting to me, and by the way, you mentioned the times. First of all, uh, uh, this is a real downside to being over here in Australia. I've got some early wake-ups uh, ahead of me as these games go on. That Brooklyn game tip is at 3.30 a.m. So I guess, uh, I guess I'll, I'll be suffering through like uh, our European friends normally do under normal circumstances. I guess I'll be able to push through for a few weeks, but uh, it's going to be a little bit difficult. But when I look at the strength, uh, strength of schedule, Jacob Goldstein put up a... Uh, on Twitter put up a table pretty quickly with with a look at the schedules here. And again, it's really interesting when you look at the Eastern Conference standings because uh, the Raptors have a three-game lead ahead of the Celtics. But if I look at the strength of schedule, uh, the Celtics have the third easiest schedule on the run home and the Raptors have the second most difficult schedule. Now, there's not much wiggle room there because you're only talking, you're talking about a three-game advantage with only eight games. So it's not going to take too many wins for the Raptors to completely snuff out the Celtics there. But then the other interesting position in the standings is seedings four through six with the Heat holding a two-game advantage over the Pacers and Sixers who are tied. The Sixers, uh, by strength of schedule, have the second easiest schedule and Miami have the most difficult. So uh, there's a real chance... And it's so hard to predict how these teams are going to come back and what sort of rhythm they're going to be in and what team benefits from the break and comes back in good shape and ready to play. What, where does the coronavirus come into this? We don't know. But there's, there's some significant reason to believe that, that these teams are going to be having some pretty interesting matchups and this is clearly going to affect the Bucks' uh, potential playoff matchups down the road. So it's actually going to be really interesting to keep an eye on from a Bucks fan point of view. Yeah, and I, I mean... It's sort of these things, right? Like, I don't know how much stock we put into the Bucks' performance in these games. Probably going to depend a lot, obviously, on, I mean, how much are they playing, like, Giannis and Chris and starters versus how much are they, like, ramping them up slowly, right? I mean, you know, if Giannis is playing 20, 25 minutes um, in these, like, you know, like against the Celtics or Rockets, um, then you're obviously not going to probably – put a lot of weight in outcomes right I mean are they not going to play certain guys like down the stretch just to kind of save them and ramp them up I mean obviously it's going to be hard to kind of put a lot of weight into games in that respect but um you know I saw I forget who tweeted it but someone tweeted out like you know you know the NBA is coming back when people start finding reasons to doubt the bucks <laughs> um, and i thought that was a great tweet you know because it seems like there's you know random takes now floating around from or kendrick perkins or whoever else right about like other teams in the east coming out things like that so um so yeah it, it's kind of hard to to know what to make of them but obviously yeah i mean hell i'm a bucks fan i want to see the bucks play well um you want to obviously see them again as much as like late season momentum is not typically a thing you know i think tom haberstrow and others have written about um, you know, the way teams are playing at the end of seasons really does not tend to like matter a whole lot going into the playoffs just because a lot of times good teams are sort of cruising from cruise control at that point. Yeah. Um, and that may be even more so the case now. Like if a Bucks team that doesn't, you know, basically has this magic number of two well, against the Raptors. So, you know, Raptor losses plus Bucks wins. Obviously you expect to get to two pretty quickly um, over those, those teams playing eight games. But um, 
but again, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously you, you really don't want to like, you know, if you go like two and six, um, <laughs> you know, depending on the circumstances, main thing you want to come out is healthy. Right. And I think it, if you come out of this healthy, you probably are. And that's job one of, of the, of this, these eight games. Um, but assuming you can come through healthy with your main guy as being ready for the playoffs. Um, then I think the other thing obviously is, well, you hope you see like, you know, some reasonable play. You hope people look like they're yeah. ready uh, to play, play real meaningful basketball. Um, but, but again, it's just such, such uncharted territory that, that I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what's, what's your expectation here? I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to, I mean, we've got a month, so I don't know if we're going to do like an over, <laughs> over under yeah. just for the, just for this, but it feels like we'd pretty much just be guessing. Um, I mean, do you like eight games? Like how many times do you think Giannis actually plays? You know, do you think he's going to get over 30 minutes four times, zero times, one time? Like what, what, what sort of your, even your expectation around like some of these like kind of minute and, and just, you know, resting sort of type of questions. Cause to me, that's, that's the thing I really have the least handle on. I mean, I, I would guess certainly like the offense may be a bit, bit ragged, um, given guys have been off and haven't been in gyms as much as they normally would be. Although, you know, at this point they would, you know, a lot of these guys will have had some time obviously be doing shooting and stuff like that. But I don't know what, what's sort of, what's, what's your default assumption here, knowing that it's probably a guess. Well, I think that the Bucks are going to look at the schedule and they're going to identify what games are going to be applicable to them uh, come postseason time. So certainly for me, one game I circle when I looked at this schedule that I actually said, oh, okay, this will be an interesting game to watch regardless of the circumstances is the Miami game. I mean, the Bucks have struggled against the Heat this season. Uh, they haven't beaten them in two occasions. I, I would imagine even though, yes, again, it feels like some kind of preseason game. I think they would want to look at some things and try some things. So I, I think that's game. That's a game that stands out to me that uh, the Bucks might want to get their guys uh, on the floor and playing, you know, close to 30 minutes a game, which funnily enough is just their average <laughs> through the whole regular season. But I think the first couple of games, you've got to be looking for a guy like Giannis to play 20 to 25 minutes and then maybe you gradually move that up. I think the Washington game, as you already pointed to, seems like an absolute standout case that guys are going to be rested. And maybe they'll they'll split the, the time that those guys are rested. Depends on how much they want to get out of the Toronto game on the front end. Again, this is another team they might see on the playoffs. It, it's been so long since they went against each other. Maybe uh, from both sides, from both teams, from both coaches, maybe they want to try some things out and actually take something from a potential playoff matchup. But the Washington game, and then certainly the Memphis game on the back end, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're games that stand out pretty clearly that they might look to rest a guy. And maybe the third game up. I know I'm, I'm just about mentioning every game here, but they play Boston and Houston first up. And then they have Brooklyn, a team who, yeah, they might be a first-round opponent, but no one really expects them to challenge. I think that the games that uh, against non-contending teams is where you're going to see uh, maybe Giannis get a night off or Chris get a night off, just because there's really not too much to gain out of those games. You're not going to learn anything. It feels like, and this is maybe my anxiety about watching these, uh, you know, basically meaningless games is the only thing that can come out of that is is potentially an injury or something like that. And that's really my main concern when I look at these eight games. But I will say, I would love from just a, a numbers point of view, like if the Bucks could somehow go seven and one and get the 60 wins, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> 60 wins in a shortened season would be pretty fun. It would. That would be pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I hadn't even really thought about that. I mean, that it, it's crazy, right? Remember, you know, a million years ago when we were pondering seventy wins, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like that, that. Just that that shot through my head just now as you were talking about sixty. 
because I haven't thought about 70 in so long because it's obviously just sort of went out the window. Um, let me ask you this. Is there, there, there's only one in my head when I think about it. I mean, the Bucks obviously are, you know, pretty established as far as um, what they're going to need to do. Um, you know, there's other teams that have made, you know, more important additions uh, or, or perhaps have had subtractions. Uh, and as a result, might be, more, you know, I don't know, like, like I look at the heat, right? Like adding like Iguodala, right? Uh, you know, that that's a pretty important piece that they're probably going to want to try to, you know, they, they were just starting to integrate into what they were doing when, you know, the, the play was halted. Um, I don't know that there are any other major ones um, looking at the, the list of, of teams that the Bucks are going against. You know, the Rockets were very interesting. We haven't seen them since they went to the completely micro type lineup. I think that's going to be a really fun matchup um, just because, you know, I mean, Brooke Lopez had a huge impact in games against them over the past year, yeah. uh, especially, you know, some the matchup with Clint Capella. Um, but uh, is, is he going to like be like, a, is Bud just going to not play him much if the Rockets go super small? It's an interesting question, right? I mean, we saw him, when Giannis fouled out the season opener, right? Remember 18 years ago in the season opener? Um, you know, he was huge down the stretch as like a closer taking P.J. Tucker and anyone else, the any other small guys that the Rockets threw out there uh, down in the block. So, you know, going against the small Rockets lineup, he was really important. Um, I'm curious just to see kind of things like that. But uh, to me, the Marvin Williams sort of integration is really the only one that we haven't seen a lot of. Um, yeah. And obviously Bud was trying to seemingly make a concerted effort there, putting Marvin ahead of Ursan in the, in the rotation and trying to get Marvin reps with Giannis and the other guys. Um, is there anything that you're kind of looking at um, as far as whether it's Marvin or, or other guys? Because certainly there are other guys. I mean, they're like, you know, does, I mean, who knows, right? If some, guy, if some guy comes back out of shape, you know, does he take a hit or some guy gets injured, right? Kyle Korver, you know, he's as old as I am, so that's not good for being an NBA basketball player. <laughs> You know, if he gets a knock, right, then does that open the door for a Sterling Brown, whatever it might be? Anything, like, kind of that you're looking at specifically over these eight games that, that you might learn about the Bucks, um, whether it's matchup-wise or whether it's rotation-wise? Yeah, you almost touched on it. I think the only thing that's really interesting, because we've seen Bud integrate uh, the entire bench, basically, at stages through the season. But Marvin Williams is interesting because uh, you remember last year, uh, not to bring up bad memories, by the way, Nico Miritich, he won an MVP over the weekend. I saw that over in, uh, over in Europe, but uh, last year he got injured. Everybody, everybody, Frank Mason, Frank Mason, (laughs) Nico, Giannis. I mean, Uh, anybody that's involved with this team immediately becomes an MVP. I don't know. I don't know. Are you, are you in any like, you know, random If I know you have knee problems, but you know, if you, if you, Somehow they join like an Australian rules, uh, Australian rules football, uh, you know, pickup league or something like that. Game, you're destined to become the MVP of that too, just by dint of, of being associated with the Bucks. I feel like it's a good time to be a Bucks tangential. Well, I was talking to my friends yesterday. Actually, they were talking about starting a summer uh, basketball team, just a you know, in a social league. And I, was, I thought, well, I probably can't play because of my knees, and I still have a torn ACL right now. But uh, by the by, the same token, as you mentioned. Uh, I might be a good luck charm. And if you want someone that can just stand in the corner and shoot threes and provide absolutely zero defense because I can't physically move, uh, maybe I'm the guy. So maybe I will join that team. But 
you you blew your chance. You had access to to Sookie Hobson for you know parts of two seasons, and you just you didn't get that 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 ACL rehab in with her. Just, just bad move by you. There's a funny story about that actually. We were in Utah last season, and this was the game. Do you remember, this was the game where they went super tall because none of the guards yeah. played. And it was I was pretty... so pissed they lost that game, even though they were all banged up, just because Giannis had put up those numbers. Went off, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was pre-game, and I was talking to Suki because uh, I think I've, I've mentioned this before, but Suki Hobson was the strength and conditioning coach at Geelong Your Football team. Club. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, she knows where I live very well. She was here for, for quite a number of years. So we always got along pretty well, and it was pre-game, and I was talking to Suki, and uh, we were actually talking about my knees, and we were just going through it, and I was saying, oh, this is, what, this is how it happened. This is the rehab I did, and we were having a conversation. And maybe at the time, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she was supposed to be doing at the time. But all I remember is Malcolm Brogdon uh, kind of aggressively uh, called her in his direction for uh, some treatment or something. He was sitting on the bike. He was out of that game uh, with, with, a, with a foot problem, I believe. But uh, that was the only time we really brought up my ACLs. And then uh, Malcolm Brogdon seemed kind of pissed at her. So I, I thought I, I should just leave it from then on and not bring it up to her, particularly uh, in, the, in the team environment. But getting back to the original point with Marvin Williams. I don't, I don't want to draw a d- direct comparison to Nico Miritich, but remember last year he was interrupted uh, with that thumb injury coming into the playoffs and Marvin Williams kind of feels the same because he was starting to just get integrated a little bit. And now they've had this huge layoff and, and really doesn't have a lot of time uh, to work into the lineup. But when you talked about going small against Houston, that's really interesting to me because I love uh, his versatility defensively he doesn't bring a lot to the table on offense but he's traditionally been a really good shooter from the corner so I am curious to see where the bud goes to the Giannis at the five Marvin Williams at the four uh, Chris Middleton that taller versatile defensive lineup with Wes Matthews as well and maybe a, a George Hill you're really long the guys can switch a, a multiple position so uh, that's a lineup that that I was really excited about when the Bucks first got him just from the standpoint of replacing Ursan in those lineups with someone that can just move a little bit more. He can bring uh, a different look defensively that at this uh, stage, Ursan probably uh, can't do as well. Yeah, and especially, and again, I mean, like Houston is is going to be so interesting to see out west in the playoffs. Um, I think, to be honest, they're one of those teams that they had that run of success and then they kind of, the wheels fell off them a bit. They just seemed kind of have lost all their mo- momentum yeah. um, right when the, the break happened. Um, so they're probably a team that, you know, in the grand scheme of the universe, obviously everybody's, you know, nobody's happy that, that, that what happened with the league getting suspended because, especially because of the reason why, um, but they're a team that might actually benefit a little bit. And so they're going to be really fun to see match up. I think, you know, if they get to the four seed, for instance, you know, they, they match up with the Lakers in the second round, I think that'd be a lot of fun, just the size versus the kind of small shooting of, uh, of Houston. But, yeah, I mean, for the Bucs, um, it could be fun to see the Bucs try some different things um, because someone, someone is going to try to go small against the Bucs in the playoffs. I mean, it, it, it's, it will happen. Um, and whether it's Nick Nurse or, you know, Boston or whoever, you know, somebody's going to try to use small, small ball to, to get Brook Lopez off the floor, given that Brook's been so important to them defensively. Um, so it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. You know, does Bud keep work on the floor and just act like it's not happening and, you know, like just live with an avalanche of threes. Does he, you know, really try to take advantage of that size like he did on opening night in Houston where he really tries to post up Brooke against smaller players. Um, or, uh, you know, it's like, I think back to that game, you know, that, that, that Sacramento game where Sacramento went really small right. and Brooke like 
kind of went to town on them, but then they also, you know, I think he was guarding Harrison Barnes and Harrison Barnes made a bunch of threes. Um, you know, it, it's just an interesting thing to see with, with how they would handle that. And Houston is probably the, you know, the most extreme example of a team that, that goes small, but, but I agree. I mean, if you've got Giannis, Marvin, and then, you know, take your pick of, you know, whoever else you want to put on the floor with, with that group, right? Like Bledsoe, West, Chris, for instance, um, that's a really interesting, I mean, that's a very versatile lineup that you can throw out there um, against the Rockets when they go small, right? With like, for instance, Tucker and Covington as the quote unquote big little guys. Um, so yeah, it's going to be uh, that, that, that to me is one of those games that, that maybe doesn't have a ton of significance for the Bucks in the standings, but, but could be really fun. So um, anyway, kind of nice to talk about basketball. Um, and again, we just have to cross our fingers that, um, that we actually get to these games. But I, again, I, I'm, you know, I, I would recommend anybody who didn't catch Nate's uh, appearance last week with you. Um, you know, he kind of broke down, I think, the, the rationale why uh, why he still, you know, and why, why he previously wasn't really optimistic about the league restarting. But now based on sort of the evolution of what we know about the disease and, um, you know, the, the approach that, that the league is taking and all that, I think, you know, Nate's big takeaway was if they can get into the bubble without bringing people <laughs> infected in, um, you know, then he has a, a reasonable level of, of uh, optimism. I think you, you could characterize it that way, um, that we will be able to, to kind of pull this off. But um, again, still, still ways to go before there. And um, hopefully we, you know, in the next month, we spend a lot of time talking about basketball and, you know, <laughs> sort of the different hypotheticals and, and not a lot on, you know, public health stuff. Cause certainly that's the, that's probably our, our, our biggest concern and it's probably also not why people want to tune into this podcast but that's just been the reality of uh, where we are as a, as a country and well I was, I was gonna say the world not not so much world uh you aussies are, are doing extremely well i was shocked actually i was looking at some some maps of europe just in terms of new case rates in europe and other than sweden which really hasn't done anything um you know the pretty much the rest of europe is just like extremely low new case rates so um you know i've been watching I was watching uh, some Premiership. I watched La Liga soccer in Spain. I watched Bundesliga. It's been nice having those soccer leagues back as a soccer fan. Um, restoring at least some sense of sporting normalcy, uh, even if there's nobody in the stands. But again, you know, they're they're not doing any uh, you know bubble type stuff with the soccer leagues. Although um, I don't know if you saw it, uh, but Mark Stein has written about the uh, German basketball league did basically their own little mini version of the bubble. And uh, they just finished it off. And, you know, again, Germany in a much better position than the U.S., but um, they just finished that off without any, 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 any impact to people getting inside, the, you know, any, any, uh, uh, any people getting infected while in that little kind of mini bubble, which, again, was not, you know, I would say as, as regulated even as, as what the NBA is doing. So hopefully, fingers crossed that we see similar successes to what's happening in Europe. But, but again, anything can happen. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Australia generally has done really well over the last week or so. My state is the only state that has really uh, slipped up. We've, we've had uh, it was 20 cases, 20 cases, 30, 40, 50, 60, today 70. So um, the state I live in is, is <laughs> the rest of Australia hates us right now. They're looking at closing the borders and then going full lockdown again in the state I live in. So we'll see what happens over the next week or so. Uh, but uh, I understand people listening to this podcast say 70 cases in your state. Like, what, what, what's the problem? But for Australia, that's the most they've had uh, since late March. So we, we just we just got our eyes on things at the moment. We'll see what happened. But one last note from a basketball point of view in relation to the Bucks: Wilson Chandler, 
plays for the Brooklyn Nets when he's not suspended, has decided that he's not going to go down uh, to the bubble for family reasons. He said he wants to spend time uh, with his kids, with his family, with his, with his grandparents, I believe, was the, uh, the story that came out. So Wilson Chandler is not going to play for the Nets. Justin Anderson is going to get signed by Brooklyn. And, of course, that relates to the Bucks because uh, there could be a potential first-round matchup there. So not a groundbreaking uh, player transaction there for the Nets, but still noteworthy for Milwaukee. So uh, let us know. Let us know what games you're looking forward to, what series potentially you want to avoid or you would like the look of in the first, second uh, round or Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals. Mailbag's still coming. We've still got some questions coming in today. So later this week, we'll, we will get to that. Last week, we got pretty busy and didn't get around to it. But you can also still send the questions in at Locked on Bucks or LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. Frank will keep an eye on the uh, email inbox. But for now, like, as Frank said, it was fun talking about a basketball schedule and real games of real times in July and August. We've got Bucks basketball that isn't Richard Vaughan playing for the Summer League team. So we're all very <laughs> excited about that. But until oh, tomorrow... <laughs> But it's all tomorrow on that note. A little shoddy reference. Okay. We're leaving it on a Rashad Vaughn note for today. We'll catch you guys tomorrow.